Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. And today's question that we're going to live into is, are you truly committed in your relationship? Are you truly committed to your relationship? Now, this question of commitment, this could come up in terms of anything that you actually might or might not be committed to. So it's an important thing to assess when you make a decision, when you make a choice, are you actually committed fully to what you've chosen? And maybe not. Maybe you actually are can see that you're having trouble being fully committed. And so in today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to see how to determine whether or not you are in fact fully committed. And if you're not, we'll get at some of the reasons why that might be in a way that will hopefully help you get past those reasons so that you can actually be more present in your relationship or more present with the need to make a different choice. Either way, it's so important and it keeps you out of the weird ambivalence that can paralyze you in your relationship or that can leave you feeling like you're vulnerable to certain kinds of fears or bad things happening in your relationship. And you may not know that those things are happening because of your of the state of your commitment. So those are the things that we're going to explore today. And at the end of today's episode, I'm going to give you two super powerful questions that will help you take the whole thing to the next level. And all of this, I want to happen in a relatively short time. I don't want you to feel like we're going to take all day to talk about commitment because for one thing, that sounds really heavy and horrible. And so I want to have this conversation in a way that feels light and where we really get to the heart of the matter quickly um, so that there's not a huge commitment necessary from you time-wise to get the important information. All right, are we on the same page? Awesome. Let's dive in. Now, last week, the conversation that I had with Julie and John Gottman, and this is episode 179, uh, if you wanted to go and check that out. Last week, that conversation, we actually dipped into the, the question of commitment because some couples really actually aren't fully committed to each other, even though they might say they are, they might be married, and yet there are things that are in the way of them being fully committed. And I want to tell you too that that I have experienced this firsthand. Um, so I'm going to be giving you some of my own uh, story here as well in a minute. Um, but I do encourage you to check out last week's episode after you listen to this one in case you haven't heard it already um, with the Gottmans because not only do we talk a little bit about this question of commitment, but we also get to hear from them some of their own personal struggles about um, what they themselves are working on in their relationship. It's very cool to hear that from people who are clearly masters of relating, and even they have their things that they return to and that they need to work on. So I appreciated them getting real with me and real with you about that, and also, this question about commitment is one of the important conversations that they talk about in their book, uh, Eight Dates, which is all about these eight crucial conversations that can help you connect more deeply with your partner. And one of those is about trust and commitment. Go figure. It's pretty important in a relationship. So that being said, we're going we're gonna to talk about a particular nuance here today um, that that we don't cover in in the conversation with the Gottmans. So that's why today's uh, little uh, episode is going to be just as important to, to check out. Okay. So what 
is the balance between commitment and fear in a relationship. And one way to think about this is to actually look at yourself and and if you're in a relationship awesome if you're not in a relationship you might just pick something that you think you're pretty committed to just as a test and just ask yourself like okay if i if if there's like a scale of say 0% committed all the way to 100% committed and that percent is counterbalanced by the percent by which you're not committed because fear is keeping you from being fully committed that's that's what we're going to try to uncover here so you might ask yourself what percent am i fully committed to this relationship and see what comes up for you maybe it's 50% committed maybe it's 80% committed maybe you think that you are 100% committed. So great, just notice what comes up for you. Then I want to I want you to ask yourself, what percent am I living in a fear that's keeping me from being fully committed? Now I'm going to give you an example of this and these examples come from me. Um, and this came up fairly recently in a conversation with Chloe, my wife, where I realized that I had some fears that were getting in the way. Now you would think after all this time and all of this relationship work that I would be 100% committed to our relationship. And in fact, I would have told you that I was 100% committed. I mean, like I said, we're married and uh, and we got married and I didn't get married thinking that I was going to be half married or 80% married. I got married thinking that I would be fully married. And yet I realized that there was a little bit of fear getting in the way of the experience of being fully committed. And these fears for me were pretty ironic because I had both of them and yet you'd think they'd almost be mutually exclusive. So I'm gonna name them for you. I realized that I was afraid of being abandoned by her. And you know, I have my own stories about how I've experienced that abandonment in the past with other people and even you know being fully honest how i've experienced that with her and so i had this fear that you know if there's a there's danger in being fully committed fully invested in the relationship because i might end up being hurt i might end up being abandoned and that would really suck just to be perfectly honest and so because I, I'm afraid of being abandoned, then that might also lead me to do things that help mitigate my fear. And, you know, I don't always have the healthiest ways of dealing with my own fear of being, of anything actually, really. So it takes a lot of intention to recognize that you have a fear and then to decide, oh, I'm, I'm not just going to recognize that I have this fear. I'm actually going to go about dealing with it in a way that's positive for everyone, not in a way that just sort of neutralizes the fear or numbs me to the fear, but in a way that actually handles it some way. Um, so I, as I said, I, have two, I had two fears that came up. And the second one was a fear of being trapped like that if I was unhappy or things weren't going well or, you know, God forbid, Chloe got sick or whatever it, whatever it was that, that I would find myself in the relationship and feeling totally trapped, like I had no choice but to be there in a painful situation. 
ironic, right? Because on the one hand, I'm afraid of being abandoned. On the other hand, I'm afraid of being trapped. And in the in the big the big context here is a conversation about commitment and uh, abandonment. Of course, is the fear that if someone is if you're committed to someone and they're committed to you, that they're just gonna um, disappear on their commitment. Um, and being trapped is sort of like being overly committed. Like there's no escape if if things are really going horribly wrong then i'm stuck i have no choice here so it's like i'm almost too committed maybe in that sense um so those are the distortions around those fears and each of those distortions keeps you or was keeping me from the experience of being fully committed and what fully committed does is it leaves you no choice but to tackle some of these things head on, to have the conversations that you need to have about difficult things like, can I trust you? Or difficult things like, what do we do if things start to feel really painful and like there's, there's no way out? Or, or even um, maybe something more present like this thing that that I'm experiencing within me right now is super painful. And, and maybe I even feel a little bit trapped right now and I'm not sure what to do about that. Um, so commitment in that context feels really scary. And on some level, commitment is scary. But the beauty of the courage of making a commitment is that it frees up all of this energy to address these things head on, like I just said. A lot of the addressing requires really good communication. And if you haven't downloaded it yet, you've probably heard me talk about this a lot. Um, if you've been a regular listener to the show, I have a free guide for you to help you navigate challenging conversations in your relationship. It's my top three relationship communication secrets to, that will help you have these kinds of conversations about sticky topics in ways that help you stay connected. And if you want to download the guide and haven't yet, just visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. So I want you to be prepared to have the challenging conversations that you might have to have when you realize, oh my gosh, this fear of um, not being loved or you not receiving my love or this fear of being abandoned or this fear that I might actually abandon you or this fear of being trapped in like I can't get out or like I'm being suffocated or maybe I have some fear around my own physical safety and well-being like that I'm going to have to sacrifice myself in order to be in this relationship with you these are deep things that will actually put you in a state of being triggered a lot of the time and so the only way through is to really get related to what's going on for you and to address it head on uh, because if you're in a triggered state, then, well, for one thing, it's going to be challenging for you to be committed, and you're going to start making choices, like I was alluding to earlier, that are about dealing with your fear in ways that aren't necessarily relational. And part of the trick in relationship is to do, is to problem solve in ways that are not just generative for you, but also generative for your relationship. You can have both. This is one of the places where it gets really sticky um, when people go to therapy, honestly, um, and when they're getting their own therapy in a relationship because your therapist, your individual therapist, may not necessarily be able to hold the best interests of your relationship in mind at the same time that they're holding your best interests in mind. And honestly, I've seen this happen 
many times where someone does great work on their own and they're really making a lot of progress, but their work like spirals them right out of relationship. So it's really key to ensure that when you're working with someone that they're holding both, holding the container of your relationship and holding how do you grow as well. Now, sometimes there's a legitimate like you outgrow a connection that does happen or you find out something about yourself that's truly incompatible with a relationship that you're in. Um, and those are things to explore. So I'm not trying to totally uh, dismiss your relationship with your therapist, but I do want you to be aware that there are two different sensibilities at play there. And uh, a, a great therapist will be able to hold both. Um, a good therapist might only be holding one of those, might only be holding you and not necessarily holding the bigger picture for you. And that could be because they don't have a lot of couples training. And so they're maybe not even aware of how to hold the container of the couple while someone is going through big growth. So, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit there. So the whole point here is for you to capitalize on the energy of commitment, which frees you up to have these challenging conversations and to do it in such a way that leaves you feeling more connected and also leaves you feeling more aware of both your fears and your partner's fears so that you can be sensitive to them. You know, if... If I knew that Chloe was afraid of feeling trapped with me because I'm really messy around the house, then when I leave a mess, I might be really sensitive to like naming it. Like, hey, Chloe, I'm aware that I left this mess and I just want you to know that I'm aware of it and I'm going to deal with it and I may not deal with it till tomorrow or a week from now, but I just want you to know that you are not doomed to a lifetime of suffering because you're committed to me and trapped in the mess. Um, I'm gonna work on that and, and we'll make some progress together. So that's why getting to a place of, of revealing your fears and addressing them head on actually brings more life into your relationship. And in a moment, I'm going to give you two important questions that will help you get even more of a sense of how you might be different in your relationship if you were fully committed. Or again, if you're doing this with something that's not your relationship, but something to which you are committed, you'll get a sense of how things would be different if you were fully committed. So we're going to cover that in just a moment. Now, last week, the conversation that I had with Julie and John Gottman, and this is episode 179, uh, if you wanted to go and check that out. Last week, that conversation, we actually dipped into the, the question of commitment because some couples really actually aren't fully committed to each other, even though they might say they are, they might be married, and yet there are things that are in the way of them being fully committed. And I want to tell you too that, that I have experienced this firsthand. Um, so I'm going to be giving you some of my own uh, story here as well in a minute. Um, but I do encourage you to check out last week's episode after you listen to this one in case you haven't heard it already um, with the Gottmans, because not only do we talk a little bit about this question of commitment, but we also get to hear from them some of their own personal struggles about um, what they themselves are working on in their relationship. It's very cool to hear that from people who are clearly masters of relating, and even they have their things that they return to and that they need to work on. So I appreciated them getting real with me and real with you about that. And also this question about commitment is one of the important conversations that they talk about in their book, uh, Eight Dates, which is all about these eight crucial conversations 
that can help you connect more deeply with your partner. And one of those is about trust and commitment. Go figure. It's pretty important in a relationship. So that being said, we're going we're gonna to talk about a particular nuance here today um, that, that we don't cover in, in the conversation with the Gottmans. So that's why today's uh, little uh, episode is going to be just as important to, to check out. Okay. So what is the balance between commitment and fear in a relationship. And one way to think about this is to actually look at yourself. And, and if you're in a relationship, awesome. If you're not in a relationship, you might just pick something that you think you're pretty committed to, just as a test. And just ask yourself, like, okay, if I... If, if there's like a scale of, say, 0% committed all the way to 100% committed, and that percent is counterbalanced by the percent by which you're not committed because fear is keeping you from being fully committed, that's, that's what we're going to try to uncover here. So you might ask yourself, what percent am I fully committed to this relationship and see what comes up for you. Maybe it's 50% committed. Maybe it's 80% committed. Maybe you think that you are 100% committed. So great. Just notice what comes up for you. Then I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself, what percent am I living in a fear that's keeping me from being fully committed. Now, I'm going to give you an example of this. And these examples come from me. Um, and this came up fairly recently in a conversation with Chloe, my wife where I realized that I had some fears that were getting in the way. Now, you would think after all this time and all of this relationship work that I would be 100% committed to our relationship. And in fact, I would have told you that I was 100% committed. I mean, like I said, we're married and, uh, and we got married. And I didn't get married thinking that I was going to be half married or 80% married. I got married thinking that I would be fully married. And yet, I realized that there was a little bit of fear getting in the way of the experience of being fully committed. And these fears for me were pretty ironic because I had both of them, and yet you'd think they'd almost be mutually exclusive. So I'm going to name them for you. I realized that I was afraid of being abandoned by her. And, you know, I have my own stories about how I've experienced that abandonment in the past with other people. And even, you know, being fully honest, how I've experienced that with her. And so I had this fear that you know, it, there's a there's danger in being fully committed, fully invested in the relationship because I might end up being hurt. I might end up being abandoned. And that would really suck, just to be perfectly honest. And so because I, I'm afraid of being abandoned, then that might also lead me to do things that help mitigate my fear and, you know, I don't always have the healthiest ways of dealing with my own fear of being, of anything, actually, really. So it takes a lot of intention to recognize that you have a fear and then to decide, oh, I'm, I'm not just going to recognize that I have this fear. I'm actually going to go about dealing with it in a way that's positive for everyone, not in a way that just sort of neutralizes the fear or numbs me to the fear, but in a way that actually handles it some way. Um, 
so I, as I said, I have two, I had two fears that came up. And the second one was a fear of being trapped. Like that if I was unhappy or things weren't going well, or, you know, God forbid Chloe got sick or whatever it, whatever it was that, that I would find myself in the relationship and feeling totally trapped. Like I had no choice but to be there in a painful situation. Ironic, right? Because on the one hand, I'm afraid of being abandoned. On the other hand, I'm afraid of being trapped. And in the, in the, big, the big context here is a conversation about commitment. And uh, abandonment, of course, is the fear that if someone is, if you're committed to someone and they're committed to you, that they're just going to um, disappear on their commitment. Um, and being trapped is sort of like being overly committed. Like there's no escape. If, if things are really going horribly wrong, then I'm stuck. I have no choice here. So it's like I'm almost too committed maybe in that sense. Um, so those are the distortions around those fears. And each of those distortions keeps you or was keeping me from the experience of being fully committed. And what fully committed does is it leaves you no choice but to tackle some of these things head on, to have the conversations that you need to have about difficult things like, can I trust you? Or difficult things like, what do we do if things start to feel really painful and like there's, there's no way out? Or, or even um, maybe something more present like this thing that, that I'm experiencing within me right now is super painful. And, and maybe I even feel a little bit trapped right now and I'm not sure what to do about that. Um, so commitment in that context feels really scary. And on some level, commitment is scary, but the beauty of the courage of making a commitment is that it frees up all of this energy to address these things head on, like I just said. A lot of the addressing requires really good communication. And if you haven't downloaded it yet, you've probably heard me talk about this a lot, um, if you've been a regular listener to the show, I have a free guide for you to help you navigate challenging conversations in your relationship. It's my top three relationship communication secrets to, that will help you have these kinds of conversations about sticky topics in ways that help you stay connected. And if you want to download the guide and haven't yet, just visit neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. So I want you to be prepared to have the challenging conversations that you might have to have when you realize, oh my gosh, this fear of um, not being loved or you not receiving my love, or this fear of being abandoned, or this fear that I might actually abandon you, or this fear of being trapped in like I can't get out or like I'm being suffocated, or maybe I have some fear around my own physical safety and well-being, like that I'm going to have to sacrifice myself in order to be in this relationship with you. These are deep things that will actually put you in a state of being triggered a lot of the time. And so the only way through is to really get related to what's going on for you and to address it head on. Uh, because if you're in a triggered state, then, well, for one thing, it's going to be challenging for you to be committed. And you're going to start making choices like I was alluding to earlier that are about dealing with your fear in ways that aren't necessarily relational. And part of the trick in relationship is to do, is to problem solve in ways that are not just generative for you, but also generative for your relationship. You can have both. 
This is one of the places where it gets really sticky um, when people go to therapy, honestly, um, and when they're getting their own therapy in a relationship because your therapist, your individual therapist, may not necessarily be able to hold the best interests of your relationship in mind at the same time that they're holding your best interests in mind. And honestly, I've seen this happen many times where someone does great work on their own and they're really making a lot of progress, but their work like spirals them right out of relationship. So it's really key to ensure that when you're working with someone that they're holding both, holding the container of your relationship and holding how do you grow as well. Now, sometimes there's a legitimate like, you outgrow a connection, that does happen. Or you find out something about yourself that's truly incompatible with a relationship that you're in. Um, and those are things to explore. So I'm not trying to totally uh, dismiss your relationship with your therapist, but I do want you to be aware that there are two different sensibilities at play there. And uh, a, a great therapist will be able to hold both um, a good therapist might only be holding one of those, might only be holding you and not necessarily holding the bigger picture for you. And that could be because they don't have a lot of couples training. And so they're maybe not even aware of how to hold the container of the couple while someone is going through big growth. So, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent a little bit there. So the whole point here is for you to capitalize on the energy of commitment, which frees you up to have these challenging conversations and to do it in such a way that leaves you feeling more connected and also leaves you feeling more aware of both your fears and your partner's fears so that you can be sensitive to them. You know, if, if I knew that Chloe was afraid of feeling trapped with me because I'm really messy around the house, then when I leave a mess, I might be really sensitive to like naming it. Like, hey, Chloe, I'm aware that I left this mess and I just want you to know that I'm aware of it and I'm going to deal with it. And I may not deal with it till tomorrow or a week from now, but I just want you to know that you are not doomed to a lifetime of suffering because you're committed to me and trapped in the mess. Um, I'm gonna work on that and, and we'll make some progress together. So that's why getting to a place of, of revealing your fears and addressing them head on actually brings more life into your relationship. And in a moment, I'm going to give you two important questions that will help you get even more of a sense of how you might be different in your relationship if you were fully committed. Or again, if you're doing this with something that's not your relationship, but something to which you are committed, you'll get a sense of how things would be different if you were fully committed. So we're gonna cover that in just a moment. So first we need to dive in to today's sponsors and they each have a really special offer for you that I'm excited to tell you about. The first sponsor, if you listen to the show regularly, then you know that I often talk about how important it is for you to take care of yourself. And the first sponsor this week makes it easier to do just that. Their name is TakeCareOf.com, or Care Of, and they're a monthly service that delivers personalized vitamins directly to you. And like I just mentioned, they have a very special New Year's offer that I'll tell you about in just a moment. More than 90% of us are deficient in at least one important vitamin or nutrient, and Care Of makes it easy for you to figure out exactly what you need by taking their fun and quick online quiz. They ask you about your lifestyle, your goals, your diet, and then following the recommendations of their scientific advisory board, they come up with a personalized daily package of vitamins just for you. Now, I was looking to balance out my nutrition 
and for little help staying focused and relaxed in a life that can sometimes be a little stressful. So after taking their quiz, Care-of had a custom-designed regimen of vitamins and supplements just for me that I was pretty excited to try. And maybe you're like me, where taking on anything new or establishing a new habit can be a little challenging. Well, Care-of makes that easy too, and also makes it interesting with daily packs, which are super convenient for one thing, and they also have an interesting quote or a question or an intention or a fact on each package, which sort of gamifies taking your daily vitamins and for me, helps me look forward to and remember each daily pack of vitamins and supplements. I also really like that they're transparent about how they source all of their vitamins and supplements and that they offer vegan options and vegetarian options to match your specific dietary needs. And of course, all of this is in support of you to be able to meet the nutritional and health goals that are important to you and specific to your body, which is something that I've been feeling really good about. So whether you're focused on glowing skin or boosting your energy levels or getting more sleep or generally just being more healthy, you can take advantage of this month's special New Year offer for 50% off your first month of personalized Care Of Vitamins. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code ALIVE50. Again, for 50% off your first month of Care Of Vitamins, visit TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code ALIVE50. Our second sponsor is great at doing what they do, and they're also offering something special just for you if you wear contact lenses like I do. Their name is simplecontacts.com, and they're offering $20 off your first order with them. If you visit simplecontacts.com slash alive20, or use the coupon code alive20 when you check out. Now, simplecontacts.com has made it really easy not only to get your supply of contact lenses, because they carry all major brands, but also to get your prescription renewed if you need to do that. They've created a vision test that you can take in the comfort of your own home in less than five minutes, and it only costs $20 compared to whatever a visit to the eye doctor would cost you. Now, it's not meant to replace a full eye health exam, but it's a, an easy way to get a doctor-approved prescription renewal without having to leave the comfort of your own home. Standard shipping is free, and on top of that, they have really stellar customer service. And you may have heard me tell this story before. I actually have a very rare condition that keeps me from being able to turn my eyes. It's called Duane's Retraction Syndrome. And part of the quick and easy vision test requires that you turn your eyes left and right. Simple enough, right? But I can't do it. In any case, I took the test the best I could, placed my order, and then waited to see what would happen, if they'd even notice or what. And sure enough, I got a text right away from their customer support people who were very personable. And they told me that I needed to retake the turning your eyes part of the test. I explained my situation to them and they consulted with their doctors and then just told me that I was all set. It was as easy as that. So I use contacts when I dance or go to the beach. I'm not wearing them all the time, but I'm really psyched to have a reliable source when my supply is running low. So the whole process with simplecontacts.com was really easy and fast, and I'm delighted again to be able to offer you $20 off your first order to try them out. All you have to do is visit simplecontacts.com slash alive20 or use the coupon code alive20 at checkout to get your discount. And thank you, Simple Contacts and TakeCareOf.com for helping make Relationship Alive possible. Along with our sponsors, I also want to take a moment to thank you for contributing because part of how we stay afloat here at Relationship Alive headquarters is through the contributions and generosity of listeners like you who help support the mission of Relationship Alive. If you are interested in making a donation, just visit neilsatin.com support 
or you can text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And you can choose something that feels right for you. We have many people who make one-time donations, many people who make uh, ongoing contributions, which is so helpful. And uh, whatever feels right for you, every penny counts um, for us. So thank you so much for your support. Uh, and this week, I want to send a big thank you to Cynthia, Barrett, Sarah, Lara, Jordan, Stephanie, Shailesh, and Michael. Wow. A lot of people this week. Thank you all so much for your support of the Relationship Alive podcast. And if you can't make a financial contribution, one great way that you can help out is to simply uh, rate and review the podcast on iTunes um, or Stitcher because your ratings and reviews help other people find Relationship Alive when they're looking for relationship advice. Um, and you could also just share episodes that are meaningful for you with your friends. So sharing Relationship Alive on social media, um, letting your friends know about it, sending emails, all that, forwarding the emails that you get from me. Um, those are important ways of helping get the word out about what we're doing here. And the thing is, you never know when you're sharing an episode might have an impact on someone. So if if other people are anything like us, then often they're not coming out and saying, hey, I need support around this thing. But by sharing the fact that you listen to Relationship Alive, that you've gotten some really helpful relationship help from the podcast, then that may just land in the laps of someone who's a friend of yours or an acquaintance of yours or a friend of theirs who really needs this help. So um, that's a great way for you to contribute as well. Um, and lastly, if you are looking for support, don't forget that we have a Facebook group, the Relationship Alive community. If you're on Facebook, you can join and it's free and it's a safe space for you to get and give support around relationships. All right, I think that's everything. Let's dive back in so I can give you these two crucial questions that will help you take everything to the next level. So these questions are a little bit deceptive in their simplicity. And like most good questions, there's often the immediate answers that you get from asking them, which can be rich and juicy. But then there's also the benefit of asking yourself the question again and again and it can be helpful to set a timer, say, for five minutes and to be like, okay, I'm going to ask myself this question over and over for five minutes and I'm just going to answer it and, and see what comes up. Um, some tricks around that. Um, one would be to write your answers down, um, although if you're not in a position to do that, you might just hear the question and then um, pause the podcast and then just answer it. And then once you've answered it, ask yourself the question again and then answer again, like you're having a dialogue with yourself. Um, so you keep asking and then you keep answering. And when you get stuck, you can simply take a breath and then ask yourself the question again and then answer again. So it's simple, the process is simple, but the more time that you devote to it, the more that you can unearth things that might surprise you. And that's it's important to go below the surface on things like this. Um, so many ways that curiosity within and curiosity with others can be so important. And this particular question that we're gonna start with, I also owe a debt to one of my teachers, uh, Gabrielli LaChiara. Um, for this question. Um, so uh, she's been on the show twice, episodes 16 and 148. So I definitely suggest that you you check out those episodes. She's got such cool and insightful wisdom that's different than a lot of what you hear on the show. So um, definitely check those out. Thank you, Gabrielli. All right, so um, first question. So once you've figured out what it is you might be afraid of, and I, I gave you some of the core 
possibilities earlier. Um, things around physical safety, things around experiencing love or being able to give love, um, things around being acknowledged or seen or whether or not you're going to be able to acknowledge or see your partner fully, or you might be scared of what you see in your partner if you are willing to look at them fully. Um, a being abandoned um, or abandoning. Maybe you have a history of, of jetting from relationships too early. So each of these um, flavors can go in either direction. It can be you, you are afraid of experiencing being on the receiving end of it, or it could be that you're afraid of being the um, the bestower of a, of a horrible experience, um, and and then the other one that I mentioned being trapped um, or trapping. That's those are and these are just some. You may come up with more. In fact, if you do, um, drop into the Facebook group and let us know, or or shoot me an email, Neilius N E I L I U S at neilsatin.com to let me know your particular flavor of fear that keeps you out of commitment. All right, so once you've figured out what they are, then ask yourself this question, and I'm gonna use my example um, or examples. So here's the question. If I weren't expecting to be trapped or abandoned, then what would I do differently? So if I weren't expecting to blank, so it could you could say, if I weren't expecting to uh, not have my love received by my partner, what would I do differently in this relationship? And so you can ask yourself that question several times. You might also ask, what would I not do? What would I do differently? What would I not do differently? If I weren't expecting to be blank. So if I weren't expecting to be trapped in this relationship, like I've assumed already that's going to happen. It's like my phobia that I've decided. Um, I'm definitely, that's what happens in relationships. You get trapped in relationships. But if I weren't expecting to be trapped, then what might I do? Well, when Chloe has a headache, I might be more willing to show up and ask her, hey, can I, can I help out? Or what can I do? Or I might even say, wow, you know, the fact that you have this headache, really, I I'm noticing I get really anxious about that. Like I'm worried that something might be really wrong with you and I don't know what to do about that. Here are just a few examples, right? And that's me just answering the question once. So now that I've come up with my answer, I might be like, all right. And what else? What if I, if I weren't expecting to be trapped or abandoned? What would I do differently? What would happen? So you get to ask yourself this question a bunch and hopefully you'll come up with some really cool answers and insights. Um, because this is not always obvious what you would do differently. That's why you ask yourself the question over and over again. So once you've done that for say five minutes, or at least you know gone through the question say 20 or 30 times, then you might ask yourself, if I were truly committed, what would I do or not do differently? So similar to what you were asking yourself before, but it's a little bit different because now in the, in the time before you get to be like, all right, if I'm not expecting like something really bad to happen, then what might I do? And now you get to ask yourself, if I actually were truly committed, what choices would I make differently? Would I go through my Facebook friends and delete all my ex-girlfriends? 
would I um, plan a big surprise party for my partner for their birthday uh, because I'm not afraid that it won't be good enough for them. I'm just, you know, choosing a couple random examples here. If I were truly committed, what would I do or not do differently? So those are the two questions that will help you get to the heart of the matter and get to the heart also of how things could be different. And once you have those answers, then you know exactly what to shoot for. Because when those things come up in your day-to-day -day life, you'll have that little voice in your head that says, oh, right, this is a moment where I'm feeling that fear and it's keeping me from being fully in in this moment. So what do I... What would I do differently? If I weren't expecting this fear to come true, what would I do differently? If I were fully committed in this moment, what would I do differently? And the way that you get different results in your relationship is as ridiculous as this is gonna sound by doing things differently. So hopefully the, these two questions in this episode has opened up new options for you. And I'm very curious to hear what they are. Stay tuned for next week. We're still figuring out who you're going to hear from, but we've got all kinds of really great possibilities. And in the meantime, go easy on yourself, go easy on your partner, find your compassion for yourself and for each other. And uh, see if you can get a little closer to where your fear is holding you back and then dive in more deeply and, and get that experience because it's often so rewarding and rich to take the risk. All right, take care.